Hi, welcome to our Wednesday night service uh, today. Uh, we have a new uh, uh, teaching or uh, uh, discussion. We're going to talk about how to possess God's promises. How to possess God's promises. And subtitle, uh, Receiving What's Ours. All right? And um, so go get it. Receiving what's ours, go get it. And how how this topic came about, actually, Lord was probably maybe uh, last year sometime he was talking to me from the standpoint of possession and responsibility, possession and responsibility. And then um, me and Pastor Mel was having a conversation, and uh, Pastor Melanie asked, uh, she was meditating on a particular scripture for some things that she was meditating on, and she said, why... Okay, why did God promise to give them the land and they still had to possess it? Why did they why did he promise to give them the land and they still had to possess it? So while we were talking that particular day, uh God revealed by hit by the Spirit, you can be in the land but still haven't possessed it in your heart and mind. So you could be in the land and still haven't possessed it in your heart and mind. And so so as I was meditating on that, like you can be in a relationship and still haven't possessed it. You could be in a relationship and still haven't possessed it. Now give me one second. Just, I need to uh, check something out technically. Um, just one second here. Sorry. All right, I'm back. All right, so so you could uh, you could be in a relationship and still haven't possessed it, um, or you know, we've talked about this years ago around here, like the too good to be true syndrome. So like you praying your whole life for something, you're in proximity to it, you actually have it, but your heart and your mind haven't crossed over to to totally receive it. Um, which in some cases people end up sabotaging it. So, you know, God can give you a wife or a husband, but you must do what it takes to possess uh, the, wife, the wife within the woman and the, the man, uh, well, the husband within the man. You know, you have to dig deep, you know. We, we've, over the years, we've talked to couples that, you know, they've lived in, you know, humongous houses, but never really possessed the house. You know, they're in the house, but they're not in the house, you know, because of all the craziness um, going on around them. Um, so this is the thing. A lot of things that God has promised has already manifested. God is putting us in preparation position to possess it. So a lot of things have manifested around us, even even in the uh, the Bible, um, we read Jesus' last, one of Jesus' last words was, it is finished. So he wasn't, he wasn't going to try to find anything. You know, it's finished, it's done. It's already, uh, even Genesis, when it says, uh, uh, God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them. So it's done, it's already manifested. We, had, we have to access it in our 
preparation position puts us in a um, puts us in a place to possess some of the things that God has promised us. So the promise is guaranteed to manifest. The promise is guaranteed to manifest, but we aren't guaranteed to possess it. The promise is guaranteed to manifest, but we aren't guaranteed to possess it. See, that would take uh, something my wife said is a part of the legacy uh, in our lives and here at this church. That would take faith and obedience. It would take faith and obedience. So you hear, you hear a lot, you know, okay, we're, our foundation of this church is heirs, Christian Center Church. So when you think of an heir, you think of someone that has, has the opportunity or the potential to inherit some things. Right, that word inherit means take possession of. To inherit means take possession of. So the very namesake that we have been um, uh, committed to, we submit, submit under, and that we are part of, we're tuning into, is about an inheritance, uh, taking possession of some things, taking possession of some things. Let's look at some scripture here, Matt, Malachi 3. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3 couple of these are scriptures that we've uh, we talk about a lot around here you know but in talking about God's promises and taking possession how to possess God's promises because that's that's a lot of times what people deal with they go you know um, you know I really believe God has shown me things I read through his Bible he's promised me things how come I have it I don't have these things in my possession. All right, so Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, mine house. It says, Improve me now. It doesn't say later. It says, Prove me now herewith, uh, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Um, it's, so he said, prove me now. Prove me now. So, so I think we stand in a position of proving or God or, okay, God, I've embraced every level of obedience and faith and preparation. So it's on you now. Like, like how many situations are we in in our life where we go, hey, God, it's on you now. Because I'm, I'm doing all I'm supposed to do. I think what's, what's tough for us a lot of times, we don't even have a bonus to make that statement. It's on you now. It's almost like, okay, it's always something that we're pulling on ourselves to say, I haven't been truly obedient. You know, I've been, comp I've been in compromise, but we're still waiting on those promises. You know, I look at, uh, you know, I look through different situations, uh, you know, especially, you know, now, uh, 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 finances or money is like at a whole nother level. God just signed a, a potentially a $500 million contract. Like it's never even, that's, that's a, that's, that's, that's a half a billion. Like, you know, 10 years, 500 million. But the interesting thing is everybody's not going to sign a $500 million contract because everybody's not putting in the work. Now, now, from what I've seen, this guy's a Christian, but he's put in the work. And so there's people that are, are wish they could sign those contracts. 
But while they sitting on their butt, that guy was working. See, he was embracing the preparation. He was brave. Look, the faith and the obedience. So it wasn't like people negotiating stuff like that. He ain't had to go through no work. Actually, he wouldn't even. Oh, listen, listen. This, this is how God worked. He wouldn't even do for a contract. He has two years left on the contract he has. <laughs> so they come to him to negotiate. No, we want to lock you in for the next ten years. So he's set. He's set. He don't have to worry. He don't have to think worry about nothing. He's twenty four years old. He's twenty four years old. My wife asked me how old he was, and so so when I when when I when I when I look through that, um, if you give me permission, Holy Spirit, I'll 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 be transparent and share that. All right, so I was just thinking through something the Lord uh, told me a while ago. All right, so here, God says, "Prove prove me," and I think when we say, "Well, I've embraced your preparation," I, I watch through the Bible how whether it's Abraham or David or whatever, you listen to the conversations they be having with God. It's like, well, hold on now. Hold on, God. Like, if you, if, if you let this happen, people are going to say this about you. I'm doing my part. I can see Abraham's conversation with God. But, but can we have those conversations, right? Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter. How to possess how to possess God's promises. Second Peter chapter one. And we'll probably lock in here at verse nine, but I want to start at verse three uh, because it really tells us a lot here. It says, according as he, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So there's things that we need in this life and there's things that we need to operate as men and women of God. But it says God has afforded us all those things. It says through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. It says whereby, look, this is key, whereby are given to us exceeding great. I love these adjectives, exceeding great and precious promises. It didn't say promises. It says exceeding great. So when you when you think about exceeding, when you get that far, cross over into great, and when you get that far, take it to precious promises. It says that by these uh, you might be partakers of, of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, th now this is assuming we've escaped the corruption of the world through lust. Not lust has got us trapped in corruption and stealing our exceeding great and precious promises. Right? And it says, look, and besides this, now, now it says escaping the corruption of the world through lust. It says, beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. Look, for if these things be in you and abound, remain, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off 
and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So here, this, this is saying there's exceeding great and precious promises hovering, but if we've allowed the, the, ourselves to get trapped in the corruption through lust, not only will we probably not experience these exceeding great and precious promises, probably won't even receive promises, but <laughs> it's saying we'll be blind and we won't even be able to see. Like, we'll be blowing something that we won't even realize we're blowing. Like, do you ever just sit around sometimes as a, a man or woman of God, uh, just as an individual, and sometimes you feel something's missing? You ever just sit around feel like something's missing? It's the promises. It's the promises waiting on your faith and obedience. <laughs> like you just sense, you, you ever like you worked hard, like you can work hard for, uh, I don't know, it could be a team, it could be a relationship, it could be a job, uh, it could be I, I can't wait to get this new house, car, whatever, and you, 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 you sacrifice everything. You just, and then you finally get it and you're like, something's still missing. <laughs> something's missing. Exceeding great and precious promises is what's missing, right? That's waiting on our faith and obedience. And see, so, so, so this is the thing. Remember, the promises are guaranteed because God is not a man that he should lie. The promises are guaranteed, but us taking possession is not. And see, so, and, and when you look through the scripture, God be talking about stuff. Like when he put these uh, heroes of faith or he put these people out before us and he gives us their testimony, He's trying to show us how to do it. Obviously, Jesus was showing us. But outside of Jesus, David too. Let's look here. Um, Acts 13. Acts Look at uh, Acts 13, and we'll start at verse 22. It says, and when he had removed him, he raised, he raised up. He was talking about when he removed Saul. He raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed has God had." Of, of this man's seed has God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So here he's saying, look, even Jesus was a part of the promise, but it was a part of the promise made to David. But, but David was a God he knew was a person after his heart and would do all his will. So would be uh, uh, obedient and faithful. So, so he knew David. See, God's whole thing is he wants his promise manifested. Like, like it doesn't work to God's advantage. Like, God doesn't need this stuff. It works to his advantage for him to manifest and to manifest in our lives because that draws people into the kingdom. God is meant for none to perish. So it's, it's a benefit to God. Like, God ain't trying to punish nobody. But God's also not trying to destroy somebody. I can't give somebody... I can't pour my promises out on a compromised platform. It's just not going to happen. Like, it'll destroy the person. Like, like, they won't even be able to handle 
Right. So, so, so God knew David would fulfill his will. He also said, I trust Abraham to guide my children. Guide his children into doing what? Take possession of the promises. See, sometimes we're so caught up in ourselves, we may be trying to make sure we get, but God is looking at a heart to see if we're going to create a path for other people to get their promises. Like God is not just going to be happy if just one happy person in this world. He wants everybody fulfilling the promises. So are we positioning the people around us? That's, that's what truth and love is or doing what's best. Because what we're doing is creating an atmosphere for other people to receive their promises, not for them to like us, right? Sometimes we're so, we could be so uh, selfish. It's all about our convenience, our comfort, and us being like at the expense of people receiving their great and precious promises. Let's go to Genesis 18. And I, you know, I, you know, Sometimes I think we need to step back, especially during this time where we're spending a little more time at home, step back and ask ourselves either why we do what we do or what's wrong with us. You know, like sometimes you just got to step back and say, like, how do you hear what's best for your life but do the opposite, knowing it's detrimental? But then you look at other people and you go, how are they listening to you and they're not doing what's best for their life, even though it's detrimental. You know, you know, we do that, right? Like, you know, what's wrong with you? And really, you can answer the question by when you recognize what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, if you really think about it, you know. I've answered a lot of questions by what's wrong with me. Tremendous amount. All right, so let's, uh, what did I say, Genesis 18? Let's start at verse 17. And it says, and the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Look, look. He says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become, look, a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. It says, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him, right? And, so, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. So, so here the Lord said, look, should I hide what I'm going to do from Abraham, my promises and stuff like that? Nah. He says, I know Abraham. He's going to God. See, I don't have to do. Oh, this is great. This is phenomenal because as a parent, as a leader, you, we, we try to listen to God to make sure we're giving, uh, we're giving enough information for people to get where they're going, but not too much where it slows them down. So what I mean by that is if you give people too much information, they'll be so focused on what they're hopeful for, they'll lose sight of the preparation to get there. Like they spend all their time, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, as opposed to using all that energy to do, right? And so, uh, you know, I think about it again, I know it's a movie, but in The Matrix, where uh, Neo went to see the Oracle, and the goal was to find out if he was the one. And so he walks in the room, and she looks at him, I think grabs his hands, he says, which is a lot of us do this. He says, I ain't the one, am I? She says, she says, well, baby, you said it. 
And so he went away thinking she was confirming he wasn't the one. She gave him some instructions. She said, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to shoot, to, uh, make a decision to, to protect uh, Morpheus, which means change, protect change, which, which uh, taps into our Sunday's message, which is uh, agents of change. See, it works out. And uh, she says, or uh, Trinity. Trinity, right? He says, you see how it makes sense. So she gave him the information he needed to discover he was the one. Because when he got into the crisis, he was like, wait a minute. The oracle told me this situation would happen. I got to go and try to save this person's life. If he didn't go try to save the person's life, he would have never just, I mean, he ended up like swinging around a helicopter or something. He would have never known he was the one. But she never told him he was the one. She told him what he needed to discover he was the one, right? And so that's, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, you, 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 depending on where people are in their, their uh, default. So God checked out Abraham's heart and says, his default is he's going to be obedient, he's going to be faithful, and he's, I, I'm looking, I'm searching his heart. He can't help it. He's going to make sure everyone around him is that way. So I can, I can show him everything I'm doing. It's not going to change. He's not going to get overconfident. He's not going to get slowful and lazy. He's going to stay locked in. That's his default. He, he can't help it. But if God doesn't see that you can't help it, why give you the information? It's just going to slow you down, right? I mean, think about how we operate in a little bit of information we have up to this point. All right, so Genesis 26. Let's go to Genesis 26. This is just God honoring what he said he would do. He's giving Abraham all his, all his information. He's blessing and promising, promising him things. Early in this chapter, is, is his, his, uh, remember he said Abraham's descendants was going to be blessed. Isaac sold in the time of famine and received a hundredfold on verse 12, but if you drop down here to verse 24, it says, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am God. I, look, look, now God is describing himself. Look at how God describes himself. He says, look, he says, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. He could have just said, yo, I'm God. But he described himself by attaching himself to Abraham, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, my father. He says, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bless thee and multiply thy seed. Look, look, for my servant Abraham's sake. So he's talking to his son saying, listen, man, you don't have to worry about nothing. I promised some things to your daddy. So I'm going to bless you and your seed, which his seed ended up being Jacob, which became Israel which was Joseph and all them uh, dad. He said, I'm going to bless you and your seed because of your daddy. So we're making, as my wife was saying in her teaching, generational decisions of if not only if we're going to get exceeding great and precious promises, but our children and our children's children going to get exceeding great and precious promises. By the, by the choices of faith and obedience we make or by the choices of compromise we make, Right? My wife was teaching that on, on uh, uh, she's talking about legacy, right? 
<laughs> so it's it a legacy of blessing. Look, look here. Now this, 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 that was the Old Testament, but look here in the New Testament. See, th uh, that young man made some choices and decisions of faith and obedience. The young man I told you that's 24 years old. He made some choices and decisions, and it was different from other people. Like he could have just had fun like everybody else. But similar to the testimony Nate Clemens gave while, while, the, while the fellas was kicking it, hanging out, and playing PlayStation, that dude was getting up early in the morning, working out, making sure, cooking his mom breakfast, working out, like, before school. But that netted him a scholarship. And not only that, I was at his pro day. Uh, just blew everybody away and everything. So, so it's like... It's all types of uh, uh, players and stuff there, um, phenomenal players. But if you was there, that particular day, Nate Clemens stood out. He stood out lifting, stood out in the, in the vertical leap, footwork, everything. And I, I remember I was talking to him, and he was like, you know, uh, he had somebody training him on his, his – his, he was already fast. He was already an athlete. He was already on scholarship. He had somebody training him. On his uh, on his forty time, to be so, so he wasn't overconfident to even get faster because that determined how somebody's selecting you, not if you're good. It's how you impact them, <laughs> and so he wanted whatever they saw when it was time to lift those weights. Yeah, Nate Clemens, like, like you see the guys standing around, like you when you yeah you see guys they right taking notes. Nate Clemens, the guy could be over here. And they hear somebody, whoo! Uh, Nate Clemens just jumped uh, however high he leaped that day. But it created a reaction. Pumping out 225. How many times he did it? You, know, you could be over here looking at this guy. Nate Clemens. Every time you turn around, Nate Clemens, Nate Clemens, Nate Clemens. So when it's time to draft, what you going to do? Nate Clemens. Right? And, and, and this guy, you're in the league. You put in so much work. You're doing stuff in the first two years of the league. You was just 22 just a little while ago in college. You're doing stuff so much. Teams like, listen, man, we don't even need to think about this. We're going to sign you to a five-year deal, and we're going to guarantee you at least get $140 million. So if you get hurt, you get $140 million, even if you get hurt. If you play it out, you get 500 But if you get hurt, guarantee 140 that's just his, his, his playing con contract. That's not his endorsements. I think he Campbell Soup or whatever. Like, he, like, listen, he done blew away some people. I'm going to say no names. Some people that work to be moguls or whatever. This dude just showed up and just blew them away. He, he's starting with, 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 <laughs> with what they don't work to have. You don't do that kicking it with the fellas. I'm telling you that right now. Huh? You said, or being lazy? Yeah, you don't do that being lazy. And you don't do that without God. <laughs> right? People are going to hear this and still compromise. That's not a negative confession. That's just a reality. Uh, so we possess what God has promised through faith and, and obedience. Right? Through faith and obedience. So having faith and obedience to act on what we've been given, having the faith and obedience to act on it, 
So remember we said in Isaiah, Isaiah 37, 3. Uh, we'll just read it. Isaiah, Isaiah 37, verse 3. This ties in. We've talked about this scripture before. Uh, verse 3 says, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy. And then he explained after the colon, he said, For the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. So the children are come to, to <laughs> the promises, but don't have the strength to possess them. Too good to be true. Uh, uh, Self-destructing, right? Uh, spending the whole time. I was, I was sharing this with somebody uh, recently. I was like, listen, man. I said, you don't want to like spend your whole life. Everything is about walking on eggshells. Like, like the whole. What I was saying is like, God isn't position us in this life where so we can just master at worrying about stuff. Oh my God, is this gonna happen? Oh my God, is this guy? Oh my God, is this? Listen, <laughs> say that noise because. You're probably going to worry about, let's say, I would just say, let's say, let's say through the course of a day, you got about 100 different things that's going to run through your mind. 100 different things ain't going to happen. So you don't waste a whole lot of time, let's say, on the 99 things. <laughs> right? Like, why bother? You know, like, like, I had to get to a place where... This is personally like because I'm a I'm a detailed thinker. I'm always trying to uh, get out ahead of stuff and cut stuff. Some stuff I'm just like, man, there's nothing I can do about that. Can't control what you can't control, right? What I'm gonna do is I'll be faithful and obedient, and it gives me peace, man. Like, cause this stuff comes at you all the time. Like, you know, even as we do stuff, you know, we, I mean. I, you appreciate we we are moved into the building, but it's it's stuff to do, it's stuff to fix, it's stuff to take care of. Man, I ain't got no time to be overwhelmed. I just be like, hey, we're we're being faithful and we're obedient. God got it covered. I told somebody the other day there's some wisdom for it, you know. So when stuff comes up, I'm going, okay, hey, babe, this is how we rolling. Hey, let's see what the wisdom is for that, right? As opposed to, oh my God, what happened? Oh man, oh man, what we gonna do? Man, ain't nobody got time for all that, right? Like, why, why, why? See, we can't possess stuff if we let that stuff paralyze us like that. We'll, we'll never possess anything. And I'm going to tell you, a uh, young man said this to me years ago, and I, I, I flipped it, and he was like, he says, you don't, you don't get success, you don't gain success at your convenience. So I converted it into uh, you don't gain fulfillment at your convenience. Because, you know, success is fleeting, but fulfillment is, is, that's what our goal is. That's wholeness. And we're trying to get what we want at our convenience. Now, now, now listen to what I'm saying. We're not focused on, I just want this at my convenience. No, we're really saying I want it. But look at what we do every day. Look at the times when we go, man, you know, uh, I could do, I could Take, take this to another level, press myself to another level, ah, I'll get to that. What we're saying is I'm, I'm willing to risk possessing the promises. Every time we, we 
settle for, compromise, or get lazy, or get weary and well-doing, we're saying, eh, might get it, might not get it. But we're going to be mad when it's not manifested. Every time we have, I just feel so depressed. I just, uh, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. That ain't the time for you to be thinking about what you want. The time for you to be thinking about what you want is every day of your life. Not just when you you bored or you feel funky or somebody else. They, they what? They got what contract? They got the job. They got the house. They got the scholarship. Yeah. While you were chilling, they was putting in the work. Uh, I think yeah, I think I got this from my coach. Uh, give him some props, Tiny Green. And uh, we we uh, I, th I think I, I probably was a freshman at the time, and he was talking, and I'm almost positive I got it from him. But every, he said every day you're not working on your game, there's somebody out there working on theirs. And one day you're gonna meet the person. So for over the years, I don't I don't. Uh, Master mix that thing so much, cause I, cause I, I got a bit of vivid imagination. So I, I was, th I was thinking through. Okay, when, when, when you chilling, this person's working, and so, but you're in your community, and or you know, or in your school, and everybody's like, you're, you're wonderful. There's nobody like you, right? And you're like, yeah, but you ain't really working. Right? You, you taking time off, but this person is constantly working, constantly working, and now, you know. Uh, his coach is showing up and he's looking to give out this one particular scholarship, right? And, but it's a major game. But you happen to, to be playing against the guy that's been working the whole time. You weren't thinking about that whenever. You're wonderful. You're great. You're fabulous. Oh, we love you. We love you. Weren't thinking about that then. And then when, it, when, it, when it's on the line, you blow it. Now, I'm talking about sports and stuff like that because I, I like sports. But it ain't just sports. It's your job. It's relationship. Listen, you yeah, every day you just I'm not gonna really, I'm not gonna be the best me. And and you sitting there, you navigating through life, and you show up at this particular location, and everything in you tells you something's going on in here. You know what's going on in there? The person you've been looking for is in there, but they can't see you because you're covered in the slowful and laziness you've been doing all the time. They walk right by you. And the whole time, they, they're being pulled. They're talking to their friends. Man, something. I just sent something in here. I don't know what's going on up in here. See, I know this because I was in the, I was in the same place with that young lady. We were in the same place and didn't see each other. Same location. And the trip is the church split. She goes to another church. We, never, we had never met. It was almost like every time I did like this, she would just go like this. But I'm sensing something, something. Matter of fact, one time she, I, I know it was her, she was singing and I was in the balcony and I was talking to somebody and I couldn't stop. I was like, what is, like the whole, the whole I'm going to tell you, the whole room changed. It was like nobody was in the building. But I never met her. Never met her. And ended up meeting her at the church she, she went to that I wasn't even supposed to be there. See, what, what, but by the time I met her, well, one, oh, this is perfect. You know why I didn't meet her? Because she was cloaked in somebody else. And she was cloaked in compromise. That's why I didn't meet her that day. 
Ain't that right? <laughs> You're cloaking somebody else. And if you want to call that, a, nah, nah, I'm not, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> call it what you want. <laughs> Obviously, let's go to Hebrews 10. <laughs> right? And same thing, you know, me, I was transitioning. I was just really getting serious about the Lord. But by the time we actually met, I was all in. And I remember I was going to a tryout, and I was walking down the street, and I said, well, Lord, this ain't like you. Seems like I would have met my wife by now. You know, like, you know, how am I, how, how am I going to know uh, the young lady likes me for me or for what I do? I guess I was confident I was going to make the team, <laughs> you know. And uh, I met her. Uh, I met her that week. or maybe, No, the next week. It was the week before the tryout, but it was the next week is when I met my wife. Think that song. So Hebrews uh, uh, 10, verse 36, it says, For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. See, see, so after you've embraced the, the, the preparation and been faithful in obedience, you received a promise. Uh, Isaiah 119, uh, we don't have to go there, but it says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient. So, so some might be reluctantly obedient. That's not willing, willing and obedient. It says you'll eat the good of the land. You, you basically will walk in the promise. Look, Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. And so I look at this life and I see people clamoring for somebody else to give them something that they already really have access to. Um, and but but it's almost like people are people are using a lot more, a lot of energy not to work for they what they want for somebody to give them what they want. When all you gotta do is if you're faithful and obedient, don't make a difference with nobody doing out here. You'll get what you what, what God has for you, right? So what did I say? Proverbs 28, verse 10. It says, whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. So anybody that, that that's assist somebody in right standing with God, right on path to their promises, it says they shall fall into a pit. All right, but after the colon, it says, but the upright shall have good things in possession. The upright shall have good things in possession. So again, the upright possess the promises. So remember how we, we read in Second Peter how uh, the sometimes people get caught up in, in – um, in the, how can I say, the corruption of lust, right? So as we go through this teaching, we're going to talk about possession robbers, things that rob us of our of possessing our things. And one of them is lust. And, and lust is, is, is like a perversion of love. It's twisted love. You know, it's, it's yes, it's, it's, a, it's similar in desire, but one is more about self and the other one is more about others. So, so let's go to James 1. And, and it's, one of, you know, it's, it's one of the adversary's tools 
But it's one of his major tools. Even when it says the three things that the first John it talks about the three things the adversary um uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Two out of the three is lust. <laughs> Two out the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Two out of three is lust. Right? Pride pride is like pride is, is how he secures us in that lust. Keeps us there longer than we want to. But look here, James chapter 1, uh, verse 12. It says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. So, so this is a person that's outlasting temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive, look, a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love them. So God promised some things. It says, but the person that's endured temptation is going to receive that promise. It says, let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Look, it says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It says, then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But look here, it says, when he, it says, uh, when he is drawn away of his own lust. See, drawn away, we're drawn away from our possessions. So the, the, a lot of times we're not possessing God's promises. I'm sorry, we're drawn away from God, our promises. A lot of times we're not possessing them. We're drawn away with our own lust and entice. So, so, and this is the thing, like, for us to receive our promises, it takes faith. But faith is activated by love, not lust. Right? Galatians 5.16. Right? Faith worketh by love, not by lust. Right? And, and, and ooh, and it's uh, just like we was talking about in, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, no, no, no. Um, it's about to come to me in a second here. Oh, two-faced. How you can uh, reduce your life into a secret. Right? You know, like, think about it. Pe pe people live... A, a, a lot of their life hiding lust. The very thing that's keeping them from their uh, possessing the promises. Like, you know, like they just, 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 it's like they're protecting it, like it's some type of a friend or something. Or, you know, like, my baby. <laughs> my baby. It's, it's stealing all God's promises from me, but hey, it's my baby. I just, hey. It didn't mean no harm. Lust didn't mean no harm. Leave lust alone. You leave lust alone. It ain't mean no harm. Hey. Hey, you think about it. It felt good. It cost me fulfillment. But hey, that, that moment, that, hey, that moment, look, 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 was worth it. Really? I should, listen, if anybody... See, again, again, we, we've all grown through this, or we're growing through this, I'll say that. So, like, nobody has a corner on the market. But I'll tell you this. If, if, if you're allowing lust to, to steal your, your, your promises, listen, man, don't, don't be – I should see a smile every time I see you. There's nothing to be de depressed about because you, you've made an exchange. Like, you can't – okay, you can't go to the pawn shop because you want some money now, right? 
turn in a precious item that's worth a whole lot more than they're paying, and then now you then, then you go home sad. No, you got what you wanted. Right? You 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 made the exchange, you got what you wanted. So a lot of times we participate in lust, it's like going to a spiritual pawn shop. Like we're exchanging our promises for for this this, this temporary exchange, just for this for relief in this moment. Because that's why people do that, right? They want relief in this moment, and they always have regrets. Man, it wasn't worth what I got for it, right? And that's what happens when we allow ourselves. See, lust steals our ability to possess our place, our rule in God's kingdom, right? Scripture says in 1 Peter 2.9 that we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? Right? So, 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 so. We have a position. There's things promised to us, right? But we're allowing things to steal that, right? And, and so, so, you know, I have the, the unenviable responsibility to, to share what's stealing our promises, but I'm not bothered by it because man, I just want everybody fulfilled. Like, fulfillment in my life is seeing people fulfilled. It's a whole lot. It's... And, and your relationships work better. But we spend all our, all our life watching other people fulfill. Like we're watching all these shows of other people. I don't even know they fulfill. They, we just, we'll settle for successful. We'll just watch a bunch of people successful. And we pattern our life. Like, like we counseling folk. And we like, wait a minute. They acting out a movie. <laughs> like, oh, oh, hey. They acting out a reality show. They actually believe that what that person said was cool was what they should do, and it's destroying their lives. Like, we see it all the time. We're like, is everybody just, just caught up in, 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 in the reality shows, this, that, and the other? And again, what I'm saying is you're trying to, you're, you're trying to act out a simulation when people are supposed to be watching your life and trying to act out what you're doing. Right? It's, 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 it's not good. All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to possess our promises. People's lives are, are at stake. That young man that has that $500 million deal, do you know how many? Do, do, okay, not only is his family, family impact, but aunts, uncles, aunts, uncles, all types. He's in one of those positions. You know how you, you know, like, you know, when you, you get a little bit of something, you ain't in a position to help everybody. So you can't be telling everybody what you got because, you know, oh, so you, are you going to forget about me? Oh, it's like that now. But he's in one of those positions. He's still got to be wise because he can't. He's, but he's in one of those positions like, what you need? <laughs> he's in one of them, what you need? Like, he's set. But not only that, do you know how many jobs that's going to create? You, you, you know, just the, the, the enterprise or the, the uh, uh, businesses or the, do you, do you, listen, sky is the limit. When he owns a team, because, you know, like right now, he, he, can be, he can do team shopping right now. Do you know how many jobs that's going to create? 
See, we, uh, we ain't think about that. We just think about, do, am I blinging? Oh, yeah, wow. Yo, you ain't seen one of these, have you? What? What? Right? We're, we're, we're not. Man, we, whew, we got to get it together, right? So the only way to increase in power in God's kingdom is to de decrease, in se decrease in self. And so that's to operate in love. So that's why we have to operate in that level of love, and that helps us to receive the promises. That's how Jesus gained all power. Remember uh, Matthew 28, 18. In Matthew 28, 18, uh, Jesus, uh, it said he had all power, right? But he gave his life. That's how he operated in love. It was all about everybody else. It wasn't about him. So there, there is no one that's walked the face of the earth that's got his power. But there's no one who walked to the face of the earth that gave their life in love like he did, right? So, so um, and, and see, that's how Jesus gained power, love, not lust, but that's how Lucifer lost top power. See, uh, Isaiah 14. See, Scripture tells, tells us to walk in the spirit should not feel the lust of the flesh. Then it goes on to say, what is walking in the spirit? What's the fruit of the spirit? And the first thing on the list is love. And everything attached to that really is another form of love. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. There's no, there's no fixed principle that can stop you from receiving your promise. So it's about walking in love. But look here. Isaiah 14. So, so now you got Lucifer, who was one of the archangels. So it was uh, uh, Michael and Gabriel. Michael was over the warriors. Gabriel was over the messengers. Lucifer is over the worshipers. And so, but he was, so you, so you have three archangels, but he was the, the head of the, the princes. He was the top prince, right? So head of the archangels. So he... Besides God, right, Lucifer, what could you possibly complain about, <laughs> right? But again, you know, well, besides God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. So 14.13, yeah, 14.13, it says, for thou hast said in thine heart, this is, this is Lucifer, I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I, 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 self, self, self. Well, we know in the scripture he fell like lightning. <laughs> he had a conversation, and in, a, in, a, in the middle of the conversation he fell because it was about self. So, so you know, you have... Uh, these promises, but there's a responsibility, you know, with these promises. Platform has a responsibility. So there's many that are called to, pur to purpose, but the chosen will apprehend or take possession of that purpose. So many are called to their promises, but the chosen will apprehend or take possession of the promises. Let's look at uh, Philippians 3.
know, and I get it, man. Uh, you know, navigating through this life, uh, especially in the midst of the circumstances, you find yourself at home more and where you would sometimes settle at home and get tempted to chill or, or relax or watch TV and stuff like that. You're pretty much home all the time. Even, you know, you got to watch this, you know, uh, we'll talk about this, you know, um, down the road, but you got to watch even because you're at home watching stuff on video, you can get casual with the word. You know, like you could be eating biscuits and having different conversation, getting up just like we'd be on uh, Zoom, folk be getting up, going to the next room, doing stuff like that. But would you do that if you were sitting in here? Well, some of y'all probably would. Like try to go fishing and stuff, you know, what the word's going for. But <laughs> I just throw shots all the time, right? <laughs> right. But the thing is, like, you got to watch, like, being casual with the word. And so even if you're on, you're on video, you're at home, you got to watch it. And this ain't your job where you're trying to multitask. God is talking. You know, so you want to make sure you, you dialed in and locked in because this is the thing. When God is talking. Me and a, a gentleman from the church was talking about this uh, earlier today. When God is talking, he's saying something for a reason. And do you know people will, will, will like later on this week, be like, man, I just need the answer to this situation. God already said it. And you were there, but you, you decided to do something else because you figured, oh, that particular word that he's saying right now, I, I can afford to miss that. Right? Just, we live this life. Like we say, oh, I can afford to miss that. Oh, no, I can miss that. You don't miss what you've missed. But it could be the very thing that was going to assist you into taking possession of the promises. Right? It could be the very piece. So Philippians 3, we got to get out of here. So Philippians 3, uh, we'll start at verse 8. Look, it says, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom, I'm, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. It says, and, and, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. It says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. It says, not as though I, I had already attained or possessed, either were already perfect, complete, or finished. It says, but I follow after if that I may apprehend, take possession of, that which I also am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, taken possession of, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, to take possession. Look, I press toward the mark of the prize, the promises of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, 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 Paul got it. He was like, I can't, I can't just be like overconfident as if I've arrived at different levels. I got to keep forgetting behind me and press, pressing forward and grabbing all the promises of God. Not a promise, remember, exceeding great and precious promises. 
not just the promise that will satisfy me, but the, the promise that will create a legacy. The promise, exceeding great and precious promises, creates legacy. It's your cups running over, and it runs over into everyone around you, and their cups run over, right? It just keeps spilling over in life after life after life. Not just enough for my moment today. That's what lust does. Love says this lust ain't worth me not positioning myself so everybody can eat. Lust says I eat in this moment this, this little morsel. Love says, oh, no, that's ain't enough. If we ain't all eating, then fine. Remember David, when, listen, these, his guys, they was in a cave because one of his sons was after him. You know, he's in a cave, uh, cave of Adullam. And so he had, like, these, these guys, skilled folk with him. You know, one guy was left-handed. He was sweet. Another guy was, you know, th these guys was like at war. They could just do things. So he, he, he ain't had no regular people with him, almost like the Magnificent Seven. You know, he had it. And so one of them goes out and says, man, he, he, David just says, I'm thirsty. That's all he said. So the guy goes out, goes through the army to get David a drink because the, 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 the spring or whatever was in the enemy's territory. Goes out, risks his life, comes back and says, here, man, I, I just heard you. No. David didn't say, listen, well, I need one of y'all to do is go out and you get that point. All right. Hey, what I need y'all to go, I need one of y'all to go out and give me something to drink. No, he never had to tell them nothing. That dude was so locked in, David just said he was thirsty, no request for nothing. The dude went out, risked his life to get him a drink. Not risk his life because, yeah, when I do this, everybody going to see me. It's going to be a great platform. First of all, ain't nobody there. They're in a the cave. David went to, remember David went to war? Saul, Saul killed 1,000. David killed 10,000. That means everybody saw him. This guy, nobody saw. He's not getting no props. He's not going to be in the paper. No billing. He, he, the feat was phenomenal, and it was just so his, his master could be satisfied or his leader could be satisfied for a moment. And David didn't even take the drink. He poured the drink out. He was like, I don't want to take something that didn't cost me anything. He was like, I can get this drink now, but if we all ain't drinking, I don't want it. I'm good. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to set up is we all going to be drinking. Matter of fact, we going to own all the, the, the lakes and everything. <laughs> Right? We all, we all drink it. You see what I'm saying? Like, like we got to see. So, so, so God is looking into our heart. Remember, he looked into Abraham's heart and he says, I know Abraham. I know he's going to keep my will. He's going to have other people following my will. Everybody's going to eat. Right? He knows. I know what Abraham's going to do. I know what David's going to do. I don't looked into David's heart. I know what he's going to do. I, we read the scriptures. So God is looking into our heart and saying, listen, I know what you're going to do. So you're, you're thinking that I'm the delay. God's saying, no, you're the delay. God's like, I'm not the delay. It's to my advantage that the promises, exceeding great and precious promises, manifest in your life. It's to your advantage. I'm doing my part to apprehend you to take possession. Are you doing what it takes 
to apprehend my, my exceeding great and precious promises. All right, that's all for today. We can stop there.